Howdy folks, this is professional rodeo announcer Joe Coulter and I want to be the first to welcome you to Slave the Cowboy. But before we get started, I want to ask you one question. What is a cowboy? Well, a cowboy is about character, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And you know when you scratch all that in the dirt, you're going to spell out the word Christ. And that, in its simplest form, is what being a true cowboy is all about. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride for the Lord. And may God save the cowboy. Well, so we woke up that morning, and these, these friends were down, and they had a couple of kiddos, and so we got up. And I walked in there because, you know, I'm a cowboy and I got to have my coffee in the morning. So I walked in there and went, and nothing happened. <laughs> so like any good cowboy, I went and flushed every toilet just so I wasn't the only one that didn't have water. <laughs> no, actually, I made coffee. I dipped it in the tank and <laughs> made some coffee. Nobody knew any better. I used the tank. I didn't use the bowl. Give me a little bit of credit. And so I made some coffee with the toilet water. And I sat down and I was just enjoying it. You know, it probably wasn't going to be freezing for, you know, just till lunch or something. And so anyway, the, the two men, they got up and they went in there and they got them some toilet coffee. And I just grinned. <laughs> and they were drinking it, talking about how good it was. And all of a sudden, I heard a commotion coming out of the master bedroom. And here comes my buddy's wife out of that bedroom, and she is madder than a hornet because there ain't no water. I knew where the water line was frozen because it come up out of the well like that, and then it went into the well house, and the well house was, was uh, I mean, it was done up like an Eskimo, but the, the two-inch pipe coming up out of the well and going in there, there was nothing, not, not a drop of insulation on it, so I knew exactly where it was frozen. I didn't care. When you live on a ranch, man, you without water for two or three hours, man, that's, that's a piece of cake. And so anyway, I just sat there. She goes, well, what are you going to do about it? And I mean, she is mad. And I'm like, I ain't jumping in front like a rodeo clown. You on your own, cowboy. <laughs> and so I sat there like any good cowboy would and smiled at the wreck that was going on. <laughs> Never getting married. Thank goodness my wife isn't like that. And so anyway, she's mad. And, and the really, the only re in her defense, the only reason she's mad is one of the, the, the little, I mean, these were little kids. One of the little kids had had a, had a wreck and had the scours and everywhere. And uh, they, needed, they needed to clean him off. Well, I suggested putting him in the toilet tank, and then that just didn't work out real well. So I just, I just shut up. I thought, you know what, That's, that was my grand idea. I thought we could roll him in the snow outside, just kind of scrape Scrape him down, you know, run him along the, the, the banister on the, on the porch, you know. I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I've got tons of solutions. I've got tons of solutions. But no, she was mad, and so we belong to this gym. Anybody else belong to a gym? You know that one that you pay $49.95 a month for, and you went the first two weeks, and then you never went back, and you're still paying them $49.95? That's the gym that we belong to. And so she was going to take them up there so she could bathe them boys off. And so nobody ever asked me, Kevin, is there anything that you can do to help? Since nobody asked me, I just sat there, drinking my toilet coffee, <laughs> enjoying life. I kind of liked it. I didn't have to go out, and I'd already broke ice and for the horses and everything, and I was sitting there drinking coffee, and they got up and left, and whenever I, they'd been gone about two minutes, 
I got up and put my coffee cup down, and I walked out there to see what I could do about the frozen water. Granted, she'd already left. And so I walked out there, and I knew exactly where it was frozen, and I looked over there, and, you know, I was like, well, how am I going to unfreeze this? Because, I mean, the wind's blowing, and, and it's cold. It's like 28. Yeah, the thing was falling. It's like 28 degrees now. And so, anyway, I looked around, and here's this metal pipe, and it's only about this, this long. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm what am I going to do to get this ice? Because I don't want to break anything. And I look over there in the pump house, and the pump house is where we were storing all the feed sacks. And then I look, and there's some baling wire. And I remembered that we had a lot of. And so I get, the, I get the feed sacks, and I wrap them around this metal pipe, and I tie it with baling wire, and then I do it again. And by this time, this is about this big round, and everybody thought I was insulating, but I wasn't. I walked back inside, and I got me one of them handy-dandy fire starters, and I lit that thing on fire and stood back. Turned the water on. And I mean, that thing flared up. I thought it was going to burn all the insulation down because it run down the pipe and went in the, house, in the deal and there wasn't no water. So I was in there kung fu kicking the burning insulation. And here in a second, here comes the water. It's like, who's the man? Who's the man? So I turn the water off and I walk in there. Of course, you know, you always got to leave the water, you know, on and everything. So every toilet's filling back up. So we made some more coffee and out of the sink. And we made some more coffee, and, 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 and my buddy, my roommate said, man, how did you do that? And I said, you don't want to know. He said, you're probably right. And so anyway, we sat there, and I went in, and I took me a nice hot shower. Then my buddy got in, and well, not in with me, but I mean, he <laughs> went and got, come on. Have you ever seen somebody rear back for a home run? I could see Jared out of the corner of my eye. As my mouth was opening to say that, Jared was... Oh, so I had to cut him off at the pass. He got in his own shower after I was out, took him a hot shower, and then his buddy got in a different shower whenever he was out and took him a shower. And whenever they came back, we was all spiffed up and showered and smelling well. That might not have been the smartest thing to do. Because come to find out, when she come walking in, she had that baby, and that baby had a big old knot on his head. And it seems that they got in the, uh, the little community showers in there with that ceramic, and they turned it on, and he's just a little old kid. And I guess they had him all hunched over like that, trying to wash his hiney off, and he slipped and fell and hit himself in the head. And when she walked in there, and if I thought she was mad before it started, when she took a gander at us and we was all clean and sparkly and smelling fine, she goes, do we have water? And my buddy, man, he was, he was great, man. I mean, he, I, I have to give it to him. He was cowboy and just didn't know it. He goes, as soon as you left, he got the water going. I dove behind the couch. <laughs> she was mad. Mad. And she yelled at me and she goes, Why didn't you tell me you could get the water going? I said, you didn't ask. <laughs> I was scared. You're mean. Can I go to my room? 
There's some coffee. <laughs> Last week we talked about how everybody can find their purpose in God. People ask me all the time, they say, you know what, I, I want to do something for God, I want to live my life with purpose, and, and, and I, I, I just don't know how to do it. So starting last week, we're going through a four-week deal where I'm telling you that you can find. God has a plan for you. I mean, it's biblical. He said, for I have a plan for you, a good plan, not a bad plan, a good plan for your life. Jesus says, follow me. Well, a lot of us have the desire. We just don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. Last week, I talked about R in R-I-D-E, Ride for God. I talked about R in it being resources. Maybe you've got something where you can uh, let somebody come out on a trail ride, or I, I don't know what the case may be, but you know we should use our resources. But maybe you don't have any resources. What do you do then? Today, we're going to talk about I. And we're going to talk about the MacGyvers of the world, and I think there's a little MacGyver in every good cowboy. We can figure out how to do stuff with less and, and, uh, and get things accomplished. I know Sue had a bad... Bad week last week, and Dave MacGyvered everything out there. Right, Dave? God bless you, buddy. He does this now, but I bet it wasn't like that when it was going on. Today we're going to talk about I. We're going to be talking about inventors. Inventors solve problems. Inventors. What do you call an inventor that only notices problems? I mean, you know what I mean? Inventors... What they do is they see a problem, and then they solve it. They come up with a solution. Usually, an invention means it's never been thought of before, or it's done in a different way. But what do you call an inventor that only notices problems and does nothing about it? That term is usually referred to as a critic. Think about that. You can, I mean, spotting problems is easy, isn't it? I mean, we can look around here. I mean, I spot problems. I mean, we got live broadcast problems, and I think a lot of it's just you know, shoddy internet because a lot of cowboys are watching and they got satellite internet or something like that. But problems are easy. Solutions are not. Maybe you're one of these people that can take a look at a problem and figure out a way to solve it. How can you tell an inventor from a critic? How do you know if, if you're solving problems or just noticing them? Critics say these words a lot. You know what you should do? Anybody ever told you that? Whenever you're, when you're doing something and they're like, hey, you know what you should do? Critics are good at, at, at pointing out what you should do. But an inventor says, you know what I think I can do? That's what an inventor says. He doesn't look at a problem and point it out. He sees a problem and tries to solve it. Critics say, did you know that... And then they'll finish the sentence. An inventor says, hey, I have found a way to and then they'll finish it. A critic says, it would have been better if you would have... And an inventor says, next time is going to be even better because I'm going to fill in the blank. Critics focus on what other people do. Inventors focus on what they can do. Can you think outside the box? Can you, can you just MacGyver something and, and, and spot a problem and use what you have to solve it in whatever form or fashion it comes in? You know what? Problems are everywhere. If you're sitting in here and you don't have a problem going on in your life right now, you've probably got a bigger problem than you know. <laughs> Think about that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 8, 
The Apostle Paul talks about some problems. See if this doesn't sound like cowboy to you. We are experiencing all kinds of trouble, but we ain't crushed. We are confused, but we aren't depressed. We are harassed, but we aren't abandoned. And we're knocked down, but we ain't knocked out. How awesome is that right there? We are experiencing all kinds of trouble, but we ain't crushed. We're confused, but we ain't depressed. We're harassed, but we're aren't, we ain't abandoned. We are knocked down, but we ain't knocked out. Think about that for a second. How many of our lives does that describe right there? We're experiencing all kinds of trouble? Yeah, I think we all are in some form or fashion. We're confused? Man, if you think you know it all, you know nothing. If you don't stay confused about something in your life of which direction you ought to be going or what decision you need to make, man, you, you're in a good place. If you've got that burning bush, I'd like to buy a ticket because I've got some questions. We're confused. We're harassed. How many people in here has ever been harassed? And maybe it's just by a nagging problem. Does anybody else besides my wife, does their brain turn on when it's time to turn out the lights? You lay down, she ain't said a word in four days, and she'll lay down and close her eyes and go, Hey, you know what? <laughs> and like any good husband, I'm like, Honey, do you need to talk? And she's like, Yeah, and I'm like, Go ahead. <laughs> Are you asleep? No. <laughs> We're knocked down. Does it feel like you've been knocked down? Man, I tell you what, this drought and, and y'all cowboys that are out there calving and stuff like that in these, in these blizzards. I used to think a blizzard came from Dairy Queen. Now I know it comes from the devil. <laughs> we got an inch and a half of snow out there at our place, and it's all in one spot about this big, and I drove the red truck into it. <laughs> you look at a snow drift about this deep and about 30 yards long, you just can't help it if you're a man. You've got to try. You don't call for help. you got to try. Would somebody explain that to my lovely bride? She hears the truck start up. I back out. She said, where are you going? I'm just going to go check it out. Pull up to the edge. McClintock Hill. It don't look that bad. Four high, baby. And I made it like this far from making it all the way through. Ah, oh, crap. You try to get out. I had to bo-duke it. I stepped out and went this deep in snow. Colorado's beautiful, but I hate it sometimes. Let's talk about those four things that Paul talks about. In the first, he said, uh, <coughs> we're experiencing all kinds of trouble, but we aren't crushed. Don't get crushed by our problems. I mean, a lot of times, it's easy to happen. I know one time I was, at, uh, I was working for Carnahan's, and uh, I might have put like, I don't know, this pen probably held, I don't know, like maybe eight big cows or something like that. If you fit them all in there, and like any good cowboy, I put 14 in there. And they had about this much room at the front, and so I'm having to wade through these cows and everything, 
And they were pushed up because they wanted to get away from me, so it was pretty easy. And then somebody come through the gate, and they all started pushing back. And I'm right in the middle. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to get crushed. And so I pulled like ninja walking on water. I climbed up there on those cows, and I walked across them. Thank you, like Captain Jack Sparrow or something. Just call me Jake Sparrow. But you know what? When we feel like we're getting crushed by problems, we've got to figure out a way to rise above them. And sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes it's easier just to whine and moan and just give up. I'm crushed. You know, a lot of people deal with crushing problems. That cowboy that came through the gate, he didn't know that I had put too many cows in there. He didn't know that I was right in the big middle of all of them whenever he come through the gate. And it would have been easy for me, and I know that nobody else has ever done this, it would have been real easy to blame him on all them cattle in there. And start yelling at him, Can't you see I'm in the middle? But you know what? Yelling about something in the past isn't going to keep you from getting crushed. No matter how recent, don't yell about stuff in the past. Find a solution. Rise above it. The second thing Paul says is, he said, we're confused, but we're not depressed. Don't get depressed. You know, one time I was having to dig one of those three-inch water lines. <sighs> you think that's tough, but it was through like solid rock. Well, it's not rock. It's caliche, but a lot of people don't know what caliche is. It's like rock. I have smoked an auger blade this far into the ground. Just sit there and just smoke. It's that tough. So I had my pickaxe, and I had, man, I had been swinging it all day like three or four times. <laughs> I got asthma. And anyway, I was digging this water line, and I had to go from about here to the door. And man, I was getting plumb depressed because it didn't seem like I was making any progress. So instead of sitting there figuring out how far I had come, I decided to change my tactic. I spun around. And instead of digging forward, I started digging backwards. Because then I could see how far I had come, and I wasn't worried about how far I had to go. I wish I would have drawn a line or something because I got way over here. <laughs> but you know what? You can bend PVC in an arc about like this. And then you just cuss whenever you have to put pressure couplings. You go to, any, you go to any, any of my water lines at the ranch, it's just one pressure coupling after another for four miles. I ain't going to dig that up. Do you know, Thomas, we don't need to get depressed with our problems. Sometimes it's not the problem that's the problem, it's our focus. We're sitting there focused on how far we have to go. I ain't just wool around. Is that a word, wool? Wool. I don't know that I've ever said that before. Whoa, whoa around. That's a new horse training term, okay? I want you to use that, Ty. Whoa, just whoa around. <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, don't, don't sit there wondering how far you have to go. Whoa around and see how far you come. A lot of you have come a long ways. A long ways. Be proud of that. doesn't matter where you started. It's where you're going. And this journey ain't never going to be over until we see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, face to face. Quit worrying about how far you've got to go. Don't get depressed about how far you've... Just turn around and look at how far you've come. 
Do you know Thomas Edison found over 1,000 different ways not to make a light bulb before he figured out a way that would work? How many of us would get depressed? I tried to take a water faucet off with a pair of needle nose pliers last night. What once was chrome is now not. Finally, after 45 minutes, I just walked about nine feet and picked up a pair of channel locks and went. But don't get discouraged when one thing doesn't work. That just means that you, you're one step closer. Success, I mean, think about this. The most successful people out there, you know why they're successful? It's because they failed so many times. They figured out what works. Success is just built upon failure after failure, and finally you rise above it all. Quit getting depressed just because something isn't going your way. Crud, if you can't get through the brush, maybe you need to back up and step off and lead him down. If you're a gunsel, if you're a cowboy, you'll ride it down. I got off before, that's okay. We are, uh, we are harassed, but we aren't abandoned. We are not abandoned. You know, one time, we were a long, long ways. You remember that horse I was telling you about that we rode through the cactus on and I was all puckered up and had a, my, my, uh, my Wrangler pockets grew teeth, was hanging onto the saddle. Whenever That was a horse named Atrevido. He was a bay horse. And anyway, I was on that same horse while later me and Antonio were riding through the desert of South Texas and everything's poking and prodding and, and trying to bite you and it's just a, a rough deal and I had been on Atrevido for about, oh I don't know two hours or something and we're riding along there and a covey of quail come up out of this bush and, and my horse flew with it you ever heard quail when they come up out of a ditch? Well y'all probably got pheasants, this is like pheasant never even seen a pheasant anyway, they there are like 42 of these big pheasants come up out of this bush, and my horse tried to go with them. I did not. With his newfound freedom, Atrevido decided that he would go back to the barn without me. There he went. And Antonio's looking at me, and he said, Man, that's a long walk. He said it in Spanish, and I wasn't real good at that time, so I wasn't sure what he said, so I just went, yeah. <laughs> and he rode off. And I was like, Dad, gum. I don't even know where the ranch is. I just turned around and started following footprints. And I was walking along, and all of a sudden I heard something, and here comes Antonio, and he's got my horse. And he handed it back to me, and he smiled, and I said, Antonio, thank you, and he said, don't you come off again because I'm not doing it again. <laughs> you know, this old world is full of tough trails and scary switchbacks. Our prayer is that God spoke to you today through His Word. If you heard God talking to you, just get on the internet and visit us at SaveTheCowboy.com. We're trying to reach every corner of the globe wherever there might be a cowboy or cowgirl that needs to hear God's Word in a way that they can understand. But we can't do that without your support. You can become a saddle partner with us at our website, www.savethecowboy.com, or contact us at 303-621-0133. Get out there and do what God's telling you to do. This program was brought to you by Western LLC, facility development for the oil and gas and aviation industries across the western United States. Reach them at westernllc.net. 
Also by the good folks at Integrity Auto Repair in Kiowa, Colorado, and Comanche Creek Enterprises. Contact them today for no-till drilling and burrowing rodent control. 